I cannot imagine opening up and like talking about something with somebody I don't know. Uh, yeah, you can, because I'm sure you've done it before. Like, I'm sure you've been to a bar before and met some stranger and like you start talking about your life or you're in a cab. Okay, you're reading me out right now. But that just goes to show you so many people probably think like that too. Oh my God. Because it feels daunting and scary, but it's like, well, no, you've probably done that before. All of us have connected with strangers. Read me. Yes, read me. (laughs) That's exactly correct. And nobody's ever said that. Where well, I'm yeah. like, I feel like I can't open up to somebody. I'm over at Costco literally talking to somebody who is not <laughs> listening about my mommy issues. What's up, everybody? Hey, how y'all doing? How your mama and them doing? This is Normalize This, a show where we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. My name is Danielle Young. And my name is Adam Rippon. One of my favorite members of society. One of the founding members founding members (laughs) not only one of my favorites but one of the founding members and today we're going to discuss therapy hmm or as i like to call it therapy therapy (laughs) (laughs) how ironic that's what i call it therapy i'm excited yes very excited because i think it has been So much more normalized through the years. Completely. Than it ever has. You know, Mm -hmm. I I remember back in my day, people (sighs) would have never said, oh, my therapist said X, Y, Z. Or I told my therapist X, Y, Z. Like, I remember a kid in elementary school mentioning their therapist one time and they, like, were labeled, like, the crazy kid. Right. And so now to know that people be like, no, my therapist said this. And you're like, ooh, yes. It is mm-hmm. what a what a free place to live in, you know? Yeah. I'm excited to kind of dig in. I'm holding my tongue. Because I, I wanna see. I wanna say what I wanna say what I wanna say in the in it's time to say it. Wow, that took a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Because I should see a speech <laughs> therapist. <laughs> That's what should really Speaking be of happening. Therapy. <laughs> yeah. Logging on today is your speech therapy lesson. Yeah, I do need that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think <laughs> I think I'm us? I'm ready. I'm with you. I'm like, are you can you tell already I'm already feeling like mm-hmm, about therapy. Are you in therapy right now? Like what is, are you gonna record no. this episode with me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm okay. here. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm on We've heard I'm a million excited from Adam. So I think mm-hmm. he's excited. But yeah. make sure don't leave us because no, we're going to also play Keep It or Curb It, our favorite mm-hmm. game where we yeah. decide the things that we're going to keep forever and ever as long as they shall live or we're going to drag it to the streets and be like, yes. girl, please get out. Yeah, we're going to drag it. Nobody I'm wants not, it. I'm not going to be excited about it since I'm going to just load that word up today. <laughs> Take that word <laughs> off the docket for today. And mm-hmm. while you're doing that, do you have a fact? about yourself that is also dare I say fun okay um 
Yeah. Here's the first thing I can think of off the top of my head. I'm trying to be as fun as possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also factual and not something and that you purchased. Okay. Something about who you are. Who I am. <laughs> as someone who is me. Mm. Did I tell you about like when I first started plucking my own eyebrows? I just thought that like I'm, <laughs> this sounds also familiar. Did I also tell this? Do I only have three stories? Am I'm I like like a jukebox? No, I'm, you have a million stories. That's why I'm like, you don't even tell us none of your Olympic stories. Oh my god, you have so I many tell fun an Olympic facts, one. and you're like, here's something. I dyed my okay, hair blonde. Wait, 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 wait. I have a real okay. I have an Olympic fact for real. Okay. okay. Let's talk about the condoms at the Olympics. Oh. Okay. So you know how <laughs> there's always these articles and they're always like, you know, this the Rio Olympics went through 5 million condoms. And like in your mind, you're like, everyone there is so hot. We're all having sex. Right. But they're not using those condoms for sex, are they? Well... This is what I, I mean. When I was at the Olympics, I was like, I want the condoms. Like, I need these condoms. Like, where are they? How are we going through them so quickly? Why don't I have access to them? So I was looking and I couldn't find them anywhere. And finally, like, I was in the medical tent one day and I saw this tiny little basket of these 10 very sad looking condoms. Mm. And I went, these are the condoms? And they're like, yeah, they're here if you need them. And I'm like, I need them. And I just wanted them to give them, like, have them as souvenirs. As like, these were are they the special? condoms. No, they were not. They were like oh. generic brand. And that's what it said. It's a generic condom, which didn't feel very special. But, Danielle, at the Summer Games... <laughs> In Rio specifically, it was on like the, the maid's cart when she was going through and cleaning all of the dorms to leave condoms. And so the reason all of these, they went through so many is because everybody, when they would get like three of them, they would take them and they would put them in their bag. And so they were technically going through like three condoms a day, but really. Here, Adam, you keep leading me to the water and then just leaving me there. You don't even... I thought uh -huh. that this was going to yeah. be juicy. No, it's not juicy. You should have known from every fun fact I've told ends in a, some sort of sour disappointment. <laughs> I was really excited about the condom usage and very, very disappointed. That no. gave me blue balls. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, good luck with your stomach. I can't now. go on. <laughs> no. No, you're going to need to take five. <laughs> Don't leave me like this. No, that's my horrible. I know. I need, I need, do I need to get it together? <laughs> yeah. Will I? No. <laughs> that's kind of clearly what's happening. Wait, is it going to happen? One day. No. One no, no, day no, no, we no. will get a fun fact from you. You really believe, you believe in that. We're we pretty far deep. deep into this show already. And I, sometimes. Yeah. I hope to inspire you because I feel like sometimes you mine are very fun. And factual. They are. I think I always one. have a good one in the sense of the therapy episode. Do I have any good therapy? Um, I don't have any juicy therapy stories, do I? Let me think. Dig into the bag. No, I don't have any good. <laughs> Go through the Rolodex. Like, I do definitely don't. Do I have any good therapist don't. stories? No, I've always actually had a very hard. <laughs> well, maybe I'll leave this for the episode. <laughs> Wait, I'm excited because you're kind of like previewing something that I kind of want to like, I kind of have a, 
hot take. About therapy? Not really a hot take. There's not really a hot take. Yeah. So we'll talk about it in the episode. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> you know we have a podcast, right? We're on it right now? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make I sure. Know. I've been reminded. We're not just I've been out. reminded. <laughs> Mm. So my fun fact. So after um, I have my, yeah. Oh yeah, your fun fact. I thought that I was, yeah, sorry. I'm not, I'm having do you a want to take a second for real though? Are you good? No. <laughs> no, I'm totally good. I'm actually completely fine. But thank you. Thank you for checking in on me. That's therapy. I just want to make sure. You always got to make sure your people good, you know, because it was given like mild stroke. <laughs> no, it was it was not giving actually at all. It wasn't giving living, which is that. Okay, was the so issue. my mm-hmm. fun fact, I'm gonna put it out there. I am so that I can hold myself accountable. And now I'm like, <gasps> but I am mm-hmm. working on a book proposal to then work on a book, obviously. But the proposal is is what's in in front of me, and I'm very intimidated. And this nervous, is excellent. And I want to throw up. Mm, I'm taking the reins for one second. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I think that you are incredibly smart. Mm. I know that you have a lot of really great things to say. I don't know what this book is about. I don't know anything about it. But I feel like you are, and I know this already about you, you're one of those people that you could sell anything to anyone. Ooh. You're very charismatic. And I think that you just don't sweat it. I don't want to sweat it, but I'm also just not like looking no. forward to, I mean, this is going to be like caviar problem or what do they call it? Champagne problem, caviar, whatever. Both Champagne of those problems. Prob- yeah, both, both are, are Wealthy extremely problems, wealthy. But you know, people yeah. that write books mm-hmm. have to sell books. And a lot of the times, especially when you are not like Stephen King, you know, or like, you know, who are the people reading these days? Tennessee Coates. Like, you can just drop a book and people are going to pick it up, obviously. But, like, mm-hmm. there's people like me who will drop a book and then, you know, people will pick it up. But then I have to constantly be selling it. So I know that that's, like, a major yes. part of the book is, like, you know, the marketing and how you continue to, like, push and stuff like that. So I know that that's probably going to make me be like, <laughs> but I actually am really looking forward to, because I've been sitting on this for some time now. I'm looking forward to getting it out of myself. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to feel so good. You're going to feel so proud of, of yourself. I'm so excited. I know this, this is going to yes, be great. I'm You're going to be fine. And it's going to be excellent. So, yeah, that was my fun fact for the day. Hold me accountable, y'all. Let's just get into it. Let's rip the Band-Aid off, Adam. Okay. Can you tell? Okay. Do you not, have a therapist? No. <sighs> that's where our problem is. Yeah. That's why I'm like <laughs> needing therapy about this therapy episode. Yeah. That's where, our, that's where our problem is. I think this is step number one. I don't know how accessible outside of like, having insurance that like they make therapy because even when you do have insurance it does take some time to kind of like comb through and see who you want to use and maybe even do an added layer of research because most of these sites they have like the name of the therapist in there you know their specialties and all that stuff but it doesn't have anything like if it was like a dating site where you could just like see the stats real quick, see what they look yeah, like. I like that. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, can somebody make that? Because that would make it a lot easier for the selections because even in my health insurance that I have currently, and I'm like, when I go through to try to find a therapist, there are like over 200 pages of oh, people, whoa. which is amazing. Okay. But like, 
honestly, I'm, I'm like, I can't just pick the person on the first page. But then I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. make it 200 pages through. But it's important. But it's already like very daunting, even getting to the place of going to get a therapist. Like some people mm-hmm. just leave it to chance and they sign up, you know, however they can sign up and they get whoever they get. And it works out or doesn't work out. I've had several different therapists. Have you had all good experiences? Like, what is the experience? Not horrible. Like, oh, my God, I hate this. But, like, just not great. Mm -hmm. You know, like, some really cool, some really eye-opening. But therapy is also just not easy in general. Like, it is nice to be able to go in and explode about yourself in different ways. Talking and just, like, venting almost. Mm -hmm. To me... Good therapy is more than just somebody letting you vent. It's someone with some tools, you know, someone that can help you use like whatever tools that they come up with and apply it through your life to to help you change or to help you cope or to help you adjust or whatever it is that you need to move through. So I really enjoy having that that layer of therapy, like tools that are helpful. Mm. I haven't lucked up enough to have someone that has been like a consistent therapy presence in my life, which I would really love. Yeah, that's kind of ideally what I want. But I know because so my history with therapy, I feel like, yes, like what we were saying that like, it's so normal to have a conversation with somebody and talk about like, oh, my therapist said this or whatever. But even if I'm thinking like 10 or 15 years ago, it wasn't like that. Right. And I, from being like in a sports world, I always felt, and it was just, you know, this is the wrong sort of mentality to have. It's like not correct. I know that. Right. But it was like, if you needed a sports psychologist, you were weak. And so like, if you were weak, that's why you went to somebody. And so I initially had that sort of mentality of like, I'm not going to be like, I'm reaching out to somebody because I don't want somebody to think that like, I'm struggling or having an issue, which exactly is not correct. And finally, I got over that. Mm -hmm. And like if you're on Team USA, you have access to a sports psychologist and it's free. It's being part of Team USA. Right. That's dope. Because it's free, it's good. But because it's free, you know, he's talking to everybody you compete with and all of your (laughs) competitors and stuff. Right. So it's like I don't feel comfortable to like have this conversation with this person. So I'm going to just like, you know, we had to do this mandatory meeting with him once a year and we were encouraged to like reach out like and set up like appointments with him like once a week or once a month. And I, I didn't do that. And I always put on this performance of like, no, everything's good. And I'd say, you know, I am going through this and this is what I'm struggling with. But I would explain the steps I would take basically to just be like, I've got it under control. Right. And I reached out to a different therapist because I was like, maybe if I did this with somebody who would just be mine. And I got the bill and it was expensive and I couldn't afford to do it all the time. And I was like, you know what? Then it's just not for me. Like, it's just not supposed to happen. And so then I just never went to therapy. And then when I retired, I reached out and I really went through a hard time, maybe like a year or two after I retired. I just felt like super lost. And I was speaking to a therapist like, I don't know, I I maybe spoke with her like four times, like over the course of four weeks. And I really liked working with her. Like I fell off the wagon. Like I just never started to do it consistently. And it's 
Yeah, it's something I'm definitely avoiding. I don't know what I'm avoiding, but like I can even feel like when we started this that I'm like, <laughs> like I feel so dissociated. Yeah, I feel weird about <laughs> therapy for real. Well, I'm. I don't want to say I'm not sure why because I guess I could see why, but there are a lot of stigmas around therapy, and I think you know we've seen it play out in the media through the years of like oh, crazy, this, that, and the third. But I think now people are starting to understand and it has a name, neurodivergency, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, wow, you get a chance to see that there's so many nuances to people's mentalities and how they think. And it doesn't make someone, quote unquote, crazy or off Mm -hmm. is, you know, how they would describe those kind of things when I was younger. Yeah, (laughs) And it's like, wow, it's therapy doesn't seem like something that's just for those people, those crazy people, those off-the-wall people. It's for us all. And I mean, we've even seen it recently through the, throughout the, the last couple of years and watching so many seemingly happy, well-adjusted, successful, dazzling, mm-hmm. charismatic, just amazing people take their lives. Yeah. And no, no matter how you slice it, suicide is a mental health you know, it's it, it's a it's it, it's directly related to mental health, right? Which is one of the most, if not the most important thing in your life force. You know, mental and physical health work together to keep you here and keep you alive, and they both are just as important as each other. And so, I think you know, this this world that we live in has always been obsessed with our physical bodies. Like I remember growing up. You know, in the in the let's get physicals and the Richard Simmons and you know everybody's on diets and Oprah's skinny and all these things and wait 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 and Atkins and this and that and now it's really it's still a health craze yeah but people I think are more concerned about how to keep their bodies healthy in a in in the way that like can get around all this craziness that we have to ingest the GMOs all the stuff that is in food and like. So right. it's like the health consciousness is more, it's less of a like, oh, I want to be skinny and more of a, I want to be healthy. Yeah. And I feel like if that same, like feeling, that same vibe went towards mental health, like how, you know what I mean? Like how dire it is to be physically healthy should be the same. Oh, yeah. Like it, if we still, if we felt that same way, if we gave it that same energy, what could happen. Right. I think like I said, I feel sometimes uneasy talking about therapy. I don't feel any sort of way. And I feel actually amazing when people are like, I'm in therapy. I love this. I, I love that. I just, I think that like that when I start to feel like really uneasy about it, I'm like, I cannot imagine opening up and like talking about something with somebody I don't know. Yeah, you can, because I'm sure you've done it before. Like, I'm sure you've been to a bar before and met some stranger and, like, you start talking about your life or you're in a cab. Okay, you're reading me out Uber, right now. You know what I mean? Like, I literally it's told happened. a life story. Yeah, of course, it's happened every single day of my life. I'm going, I don't know how I'm but you can, a life But that yeah, just okay. goes to show you so many people probably think like that, too. Oh, my Because God. it feels daunting and scary, but it's like, well, no, you've probably done that before. All of us have connected with strangers, you know. And I think read that- me, yes, read <laughs> me because that's a. I'm so I'm such a little tiny 
insect bitch because <laughs> that's exactly correct. And I, nobody's ever said that. Where well, I'm yeah. like, I feel like I can't open up to somebody. I'm over at Costco literally talking to somebody who is not <laughs> listening about my mommy issues. Which is probably why you're doing that because you need to do it in, in a different, oh in the actual environment that calls for that. I know, you know somebody like, might think I'm being funny right now. Well, you're always funny, but for real, you need to do this. You need to, because there are some things that are probably just bubbling up inside of you, you know, and it's not, it, nowadays, there's so many different layers of therapy and the mm-hmm. way that technology has adopted uh, everything. <laughs> you could go on Talkspace as an app or BetterHelp. Mm-hmm. And it can make it a little bit easier to kind of like that whole idea of where I was like, oh, I wish it was like a hinge. There are different sites or apps that'll allow you to do that in a way. So it doesn't have to be so daunting to get the help you need. And I think people like you may be afraid to ask for that type of help or at least acknowledge that they need that type of help. It's both. It's like, I don't want to acknowledge it because it would make it like, you know, a real reason of why I know I need therapy when you're like, uh, yeah, because I listen to the podcast, you're obviously not well. <laughs> and aside from that is when I was seeing this therapist that I like, she's not from California. So it was like hard to kind of like get a whole, she was a therapist that my friend recommended to. She's like out of state. Right. And I was telling this story, which I thought was hilarious. And it was about like something that happened in my childhood. And I'm ready for everyone to be howling. And when I say everyone, I mean just her because she was the only one listening. And at the end of it, she wasn't like laughing. And she just said, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Mm. And I went from like smiling to being like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that I told that. When really like I'd never thought of it that way. And she was totally right where it was like, I can laugh at it now, but it's not a funny thing. Right. And that was, I mean, that was like a year or two ago. And I think that that a little bit like embarrassed me. Not that I was, you know, I don't know how to better explain it, that it it set me back and being like, I think maybe it made me a little afraid of other things that I would start to share that I would be like, maybe I've dealt with this in a weird way. (laughs) Here I am becoming your therapist. I think you are using a lot of things to just block your need to do this. Oh, boy. Uh You know what I mean? Like, you're just creating these boundaries, or not boundaries, creating these obstacles that are justifiable, sure, but it's not serving you in the long run. Mm -hmm. So this therapist of yours, whoever they may be, will definitely pick up on all of that. Because I just know this from just hearing you speak and having been to therapy and, and, and knowing how I avoid and how mm-hmm. I do this and make up obstacles and things like that for myself. But you are, it's its so great to even hear you talking about this because as amazing and everybody can see how great your life is and how many things you have going for you, you have this block. Oh yeah, it's so real. And I think that that is really refreshing and relatable and just like nice to to see and experience because people think, you know, just because we have these podcasts, I don't think maybe maybe not as much anymore because everybody got these mics, but (laughs) they, they think that you might have some type of expertise or something that keeps you above some of the ickiness that happens to us all. And that's just not true. 
Yeah. And you know, when we were doing this, I was like, I really wanted to be like honest about like, yeah, I'm not in it. Should I be in it? Yeah, I shouldn't be in it. But like, why am I not in it? And all of that stuff. I will say that like, because of the pandemic, it pushed me to see a psychiatrist. Well, see, that's good. And now after having seen my own psychiatrist, that one is much easier than therapy, to be honest. I'm just like, hey, girl, give me the drugs. Yeah, here's the <laughs> pharmacy. Call them up. Call just my dealer. Let them let them know I'm not doing well. <laughs> amp, it, amp up those MGs. So I think, like, as an athlete, there were so many like little things where I was like, that just makes me quirky. And then it was like when I was a normal person, it was like, no, you have like really high levels of anxiety. Yeah, a, a lot of have, us do in yeah. this age group. And it has not ever been addressed. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's why I was saying earlier, these kids now get to grow up in a society where neurodivergent is a term and and acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And it's not just one form. Even maybe a couple of years ago, being introduced to the term of autism, that wasn't something that was around, at least not in my childhood that I ever heard of. I didn't know any autistic kids. It was it just wasn't something I knew of, but it definitely existed. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I even think of like ADHD of like, oh, that just meant that that person was like bouncing off the wall. That in general unlocks a lot of space for people to not feel embarrassed. Yes. Because everybody has a different way of thinking and their brains work in different ways. So it doesn't make you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm I'm not smart. I don't want to ask for help because I'm just, it's not going to help. I'm just, don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Like, it's just, you can break yourself down in so many ways. But now that the world has opened up to people being diverse in the way that their brains work, I think therapy should just, it, it, it should be a no-brainer for so many of us. It definitely should. It's a tool. Have you yeah. seen or have I even told you yet? Because I've been telling everybody in my life and I feel like I might have told you to watch Stuts on Netflix. I think I've done this. I think you have. And, and I you have not watched it, like have you? Therapy, I have you have avoided, avoided it. it. Yeah, right. Adam, watch it. It's actually okay. a really great buffer or, you know, a little appetizer, a therapy appetizer. This documentary really focuses in on this therapist's tools and how to cope in life and how to get through. And it's really simple, but like amazing. And it's applicable. So it gives you kind of a taste of what therapy can do. And Mm. it's a chore, yes, because emotionally it can be draining and vulnerable and uncomfortable. But having like bled my heart out in therapy And cried through my childhood and forgiven so many things. Like, you can do a lot of this on your own. And I say that in quotes, but like, with like devotionals or, you know, self-help books, YouTube has, you know, an amazing array of people giving all kinds of great solid advice for like coping and moving on and all this stuff. So you can get pieces of therapy everywhere nowadays. Mm -hmm. You really can So that's why I'm like, it doesn't have to feel daunting. We don't all have insurance. We don't all have the accessibility to all these amazing uh, pages and pages of doctors. So I'm like, if it takes you looking things up online and just listening and seeing if it helps you, that's therapy too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I do. And I also think that like, I definitely feel like it's something I've been dancing around where it's like, I'm, I'm open to it and I want to do it. And I know that my first step was to seeing like a psychologist or a therapist was seeing a psychiatrist because that Mm -hmm. for me, it was just easier because I remember that like, when I was starting to do like, you know, they give you a few surveys of like on a scale from one to 10, like how much are you able to focus here or this or that? And like a few years ago was told I have ADHD, which is not shocking to literally anybody ever. If you've ever met me, it completely changed the way that like I view some of the like anxieties or like the, you know, like little hurdles we all deal with all throughout the day. And it completely made me see myself in a different light and it helped me give myself a little grace. I started going on medication and it was like, I mean, I was, I was so scared that I was like, what if I'm not myself anymore? When really it's like for most of the day, you're feeling like so much anxiety. Like it's like, well, myself is not having the best of times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't want to lose myself. And it's like, you're not happy. What are you talking about? And so I was like, you know, at first it was like, I'm funny because of my struggle. And it was like, no, you're not. You're, you're no, stop. And so I don't know, I just felt like I could move through my life just like easier. And I feel like for me, that was a really good first step because I was able to like verbalize what I'm feeling more so. I'm able to like, like it's tools, man, life can change when you have the proper tools. Mm. It really can, whether that be the finances, the access, just the ideas tools are really, really helpful in changing and getting your life in a place that feels livable and not like you're just like agonizing through life. I know that like as a Black woman, I'm actually shocked to hear about your aversion to therapy because I would assume that white folks had like, especially in your age group, like y'all had the ability to go to therapy. I was poor. (laughs) Because that was just not a thing that was available for me and as a whole like my even now my family is still not the type of people that are going to therapy even though I'm like oh my god you just don't even know how much your life can open up how much it would take a weight off your shoulders to learn how to let go of a lot of the things that are that you're holding on to Mm mm-hmm And it's not like a one-stop shop. It's like you constantly have to work these muscles just like you would in the gym. Mm -hmm. It's a workout. Yeah, it is a workout. I mean, at the end of the day, at therapy, you're unlearning all these behaviors because everything is coming and rooting from your childhood. Whether or not your childhood was good, perfect, wonderful, hurtful, harmful, you get things from it. Yeah. And it, it, it changes who, like, who you become because of what you've experienced and a lot of the times we need to let it go. And that that's like <laughs> not a lot of people just have not had that luxury. Yeah. I think the reason that I had this like aversion to it was because it was like it wasn't easily accessed. And what I had like free access to, it, I felt uncomfortable to do it that way. And I wasn't able to like afford it. Right. And I don't know if I would if someone were to have offered it to me in the in my youth if that was something I would want to take advantage of. I, I remember in uh, fifth grade, we had lost a teacher. Oh, God, that's so sad. Yeah, it was really sad because also she was murdered. 
Oh boy. Which was really, yeah. Now I, in the fifth, and I'm in the fifth grade, you know, and uh, it was elementary school. So that was the highest grade in the school. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the entire school was just kind of like, it was weird, you know, the whole day and the next day. And they brought in grief counselors and outside of the guidance counselors, that was my first time interacting with somebody that was talking about my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I had just gotten to that school, which was also a thing because I had gone to the same school from kindergarten up until fifth grade. And then we moved and I had to leave everybody. And so here I am at this new school. Everybody else knows everybody. And then they, lo- you know, everybody lost this teacher. And I was just so sad about it. And I also had the death of my birth mom, my biological mom, mm-hmm. was something that I always thought about as a kid because I didn't understand death fully. And so it just hurt my feelings that this woman had died and it just made me so sad. And I remember talking to the grief counselor and feeling better. And I mm. was like, huh, I never knew I could do that. Yeah, I never knew I could talk to somebody and feel better because my family... They're not the biggest communicators of feelings for sure. And so like expressing stuff, it was hard. So having somebody to talk to, I was like, oh, wow. And that planted a seed really early. But yeah, I, I didn't get a chance. Say, you're yeah. so young having this like great experience. Yeah, therapy. but I didn't really get a chance to explore it outside of that moment. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, people would come into my life here and there where I would feel that again. You know, like I said, I grew up in the church too and I would do extracurricular church activities and meeting the counselors and stuff there, having that same experience of somebody talking about my feelings and validating things when they hurt or don't feel good. I was like, oh, okay, this is that same. So it it would happen throughout my life and then it wasn't until adulthood and learning that, oh, this is a thing Mm -hmm. that people can get. I was like, oh, this is nice. I yeah. want I want this a lot. <laughs> like I want I want to be able to like explore this in so many ways. Yeah. Like I have no resistance to doing it, you know? Like it does feel good. You've never and, gone ever? I mean, I have gone to therapy. Like I like I said, I like so I really have had seen a ther I saw a therapist was this like older woman in like Long Beach and I just did not connect with her at all. I went to her for like two or three times and was like, this isn't working. Yeah, that's that's a part too, because it's a it's a relationship. Yeah. So it will feel like, and I'm guilty of like therapy hopping because it will feel like, uh-uh, this ain't gonna work. I don't like this person. Yeah, and it was like, I, and I, <laughs> I don't know, it was, I, I can be kind of like a people pleaser and I'm like, maybe I'm just like not. And that doesn't do any good in therapy. No. And but I, that's I on you. Getting, yeah. Oh, God. That's on you. I mean, but. it's Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. It's only on you to continue to go so that that therapist can see that's what you're doing. I mean, nine times out of 10, they're going to be able to tell immediately. Because that's what yeah. they do. They've studied you. They've studied humans. Yeah. They literally went to school. Yeah. And so they can see it, but they don't know for sure. So maybe like you have to give yourself the time to keep going so that that familiarity and they can understand that way they can help you more. Because I mean, the thing is, the basic tools work for everybody. You can apply the very different but still similar tools to people 
and get get your results. But when it's more connected, like when they understand what you're going through and hearing, you know, things about your your childhood and connecting it, that's when it can work. So like those little one offs, it's not going to help as much as you think, especially yeah. as an adult. And, you you know, you're you're much more complex as a human. So you have to give it time to bake. You know, I'm going to say this. I know we already did an episode on this, but it was like, you know, having kids and stuff. Sometimes I think about like the things that I went through, like, or my childhood. My childhood was like, I, you know, for the most part, really great. Yeah. But I think of like a lot of like little situations that were not so great and like really rough things that I had to go through. And I'm like, that's part of the reason I'm, this is, a, again, a talk for a therapist, but this is like part of the reason where I'm like, I don't know if I want kids because like, I don't want to be part of somebody's unpacking eventually. Yeah, but you have, that's how it is, especially if you're a parent. Yeah, Every parent is responsible and is a part of our, our stuff. <sighs> but that's just how it is. Responsible because... I mean, if the <laughs> uncle was raising you on a and and a yeah, strong yeah. part of your life and everything, yeah, it all yeah. factors in. It all factors in. That's why it needs to be unpacked. Yeah, because you can't just keep packing, 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 packing. It just it doesn't work like that. Even physiologically, you know mm. what I mean. When they say you carry stress in your body or you carry pain, you carry anger. My lower back, like I don't know what that is back there, but it is something that I need to let go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Physical pain yeah. is also a part of mental. It's like a manifestation. Of yeah. Your, it's like, your body's like, uh-uh, we're not together. Yeah. Like, yeah. We give I us us free. completely believe in that. Yes. So do you, when you're looking for a therapist, I like think of like, what kind of person do I open up to the easiest? And for me, I think it's like a woman. Yeah. I've had a white man before. I don't like it. And I definitely yeah. don't want a white woman. Yeah, I don't. I don't want a man. Like I don't know. I there's don't, something like so. There's yeah, something. I think I for me, woman. I think. Yeah, I want a woman of color, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's. I mean, because yeah. she can any any color of of the rainbow. Please, I can I can do because I feel like I know this is like just gendering, but there's just such a nurturing sense that comes with women. Mm-hmm. even when they're cold, because I, like I've had a couple of psychiatrists Agreed. that are just very Agreed. cold and I'm like, but, but I'm crying. <laughs> but I, I don't want them to be too much of a coddler either. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to feel like they're emotionally available to me, but also be like, girl, pull your life together. Like we can't keep going down the same road. Yeah. I need a little and bit I- of tough love. That is, it's a literal relationship. Like when, mm-hmm. even when I ask my friends who are in therapy to share their therapist, some of them are like, mm, I'm not really feeling mom right now or I'm in between. I've had very few friends be able to actively share therapists that they love. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not an easy thing. It's a it's like trying to find a partner. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? Where you're just oh, like dating yeah. and you're just kind of like, mm. well, because it's just like when you go in like psychology today or something and you go through that like long list of whomever is like a, you know, psychologist in your area or a therapist or something. It's like Tinder. And it's just like you only have pictures and like a, a little bio to go by. And you're like, I think I'm vibing with this person. But like, but I don't know. 
Yeah, but I don't know. And then you set up the appointment and then you go to the appointment and then you try to see it through. And it's tough. It's tough to continue when you don't really know if it's like for you or not. But like I said to you earlier, I think you should commit to a couple of sessions so that somebody can feel a lot more connected to you. And then it may help so that you don't feel as clunky about it. But either way, I think you should be talking to someone. No, you're right. And when I already have something I want to normalize and I want to normalize to like everybody who's listening, if you like aren't in therapy like me, (laughs) have this conversation with your friends because I'm telling you, when Danielle said you open up to strangers already, I don't know why I had never put that together. That made me feel like, yeah, you do. Exactly. It's these are really important conversations. No, it's not. It's something I made up. You made it up. I want to normalize not making up obstacles to getting your own way about your mental health. Yes. I mean, a lot of us aren't as committed to our physical health either. Like I could do better. But there is a automatic urgency and and need. Like, you know, like I'll be like, oh, I need to get to the gym. Oh, I shouldn't. I should okay, I should maybe do like a a green today and not do meat or, okay, I should. Those are all things that are like supporting my healthy body. And I'm not the healthiest person in the world. And that's how I think. So imagine if people were to also have that, like, if we could just normalize the default thinking of mental health as a part of our health. Mm -hmm. And let's normalize that. Let's normalize it. I also, I'm going to let you know, I opened up my email and I've started an email that I'm going to write to that therapist that like, I really like. So I'm going to reach out Ooh. as soon as we're done. So I'm really going to do it. taking some steps towards yeah, taking you know, care of yourself. Y- y- what is stopping me? Nothing Literally but my you. own excuses. Yeah. yeah. And Just I hope everybody it. else feels that way too. And if, if therapy is not something that you can immediately afford or if it's, you know, some issues to get to that, look into the very, very vast internet because there's a lot of really dope free resources, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a YouTube. I love YouTube University. I will go up there for a lot of things. YouTube is incredible. There's a lot of therapists that do podcasts, y'all. Mm. Just like look around and poke around and see what you can listen to, what you can watch that will help you if therapy is not something that you could readily get yourself to. Normalize therapy in many forms. Yeah. Thank you, Danielle. Uh, you know, Adam... You're welcome. Dr. Young. At this point, you know, what kind of degree do they be having? PhDs? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. You've earned it. This is actually your final exam. I'm an honorary society degree. Mm -hmm. You got it. Well, well, well. Our friend Adam typing letters to therapists as we speak, mm-hmm. as usual, very transformative conversation. And I love that this one came with action items. We love that for you. We love that for you, Adam. Yeah. Thank you. You're very Thank welcome. you for the push that I Anytime. Needed. Anytime we can heal, we're going to do it. Yes. Now it's time for our favorite part of the show. Mm-hmm. Keep it. Keep it. Or, or it. 
That was nice. Adam, I really enjoyed that. Very jazzy. For you first-time listeners, what the hell is going on? Come on. Stop it. Now, you're playing with yourself. Mm -hmm. This is the podcast of your dreams. (laughs) But I'm glad you're here, even though this is your first time listening. It's very crazy. But this segment, Keep It or Curb It, is where Adam and I take a look at new social trends and decide whether we are going to keep them like a cultural little cute keepsake chotsky, mm-hmm. or we're going to curb it and just sit it out on the raw curb bagless. Right. Are we going raw and bagless? Or just are, raw are, are on we the going curb. Chotsky. Yeah. It's just, I'm exactly. not even p- wasting a bag. No. Okay. Don't. <laughs> Don't okay. waste a bag. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. You're ready. Okay. Yes. First, keep it or curb it. According Mm -hmm. to a study published in the Journal of the American Heart Association. Hey. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. We we love it. (laughs) Big shout out to the American Heart Association. Yeah, I really love your research. Keep looking things up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And taking things down. Uh huh. Intermittent fasting. One of my favorite Uh things. I actually really do like intermittent fasting. It's a popular way to lose weight. It it isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Nothing ever is. No. The study that they did, you know, our people, the American Heart Association, surveyed Mm -hmm. 547 different people's portion size, eating times, height, weight over the course of six years. Okay. Oh, my God. The pressure. Yeah. There's a lot of research, a lot of years. There's a, a lot, lot of years meals. to be in a, in, a, in a program. Okay. Yeah. So they looked at all of that over the last six years. And then the data showed no association between restricting eating times and weight loss. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Instead, mm-hmm. it showed that eating smaller meals throughout the day resulted in weight loss. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Among other factors, such as exercise, <laughs> you know, very helpful in weight loss yeah. um, and stress and then obviously people's environment. So I ask you, are we keeping or curbing intermittent fasting? OK, I'm going to say this. One, I was going to just go right off and, and curb it. But I'm going to say I that like sometimes it. I don't like to eat breakfast. Yeah, right? like I'm really that, I've become that person. So sometimes I involuntarily intermittent fast. Yeah, and so I think sometimes I feel that I put pressure on myself to do one or the other, where it's like, are you are intermittent fasting or are you not? And I think <laughs> that like this is just sort of proof that like you need to just eat consistently throughout the day so there aren't these like spikes of calories out of nowhere. And basically, it's just like you want to keep your body fueled consistently throughout the day. And there's not sort of this word like you need to starve yourself like starting at 5 p.m. and you can't eat again until like 12 noon the next day. Like you don't need to go nuts. I'm only fasting because I'm asleep. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like, I'm like, let's keep it on accident. Yeah. I mean, let's keep it (laughs) if you're not starving yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because every trainer I've ever had is very much against calorie, like, what I don't know if it's deficit, the word I'm looking for, but they're against you not 
eating. <laughs> like yeah. they're like, you need to be able to burn something for that energy. So a lot of them suggest grazing, which doesn't mean that I'm sitting here eating all day. It does, but not like, oh, I'm having a bunch of meals. It's like, oh, a handful of almonds. I'll have some oatmeal. I'll have a banana. I'll have, you know, and it's like all the good things that are supporting your, you know, protein intake and all this stuff. But it's like small. Yeah. And I know from like being an athlete, especially when they needed to be really lean, that like you think you're doing like, I am going to be as thin as possible. I'm not going to eat anything. But what happens is like your body goes into this like fight or flight where it's like, oh, we got to like store whatever we got. Mm -hmm. And like and you don't process and use the energy and like the fuel that you bring into your body properly. And it's just like when I was like competing and stuff, that calorie deficit, it was like, you know, it, it's so old school where you're just like, well, just eat less. And it doesn't really work like that. Exactly. It doesn't. And I feel like if we're going to curb anything, it would be curbing bad information on it, eating. And yeah, bad eating habits that don't support your body. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Curbed. Curb. <laughs> All right. Are you ready, Danielle? I have a keyboard curb. I love it. So studies have shown. <laughs> they have. They have. Uh, studies often show. They don't hide actually. anything. No, they usually shown. But okay. this one has shown that people who use photo editing or social media filters to portray unrealistic beauty mm. standards mm. can lead to harmful mental health concerns. I see it. So. For example, the new TikTok bold glamour filters have been used to completely alter the photos of anyone using them to significantly filter their facial features where it's more than just a touch up, right? Mm -hmm. So it'll change like facial features like, you know, flawless skin, sharpening your chin, fills in your eyebrows, and that stays on your face and looks realistic even when you place your hand over your face or when the lighting, you know, goes really low, it just it stays there. And so before a lot of the filters were just kind of fun. It was the dog ears, the googly eyes, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But many of these filters have been changing faces. <laughs> They've been changing faces. Exactly. They don't like that. They they actually want you to have a sharp chin and full brows. Yeah. So contoured cheeks. They want you to have buckle fat removal. <laughs> they go, here you go. And it's a prescription for a Zempic. Oh my god! And you're like, what? <laughs> but sometimes people think, and they can, that these filters can put teenagers and adults at risk for depression and declines in self-esteem, safety concerns, and in some cases, even suicide. Hmm. Jesus. So, Danielle, yeah, I know. We went from googly eyes to that, which was <laughs> quite the leap. Danielle, what are we doing with these filters? Please. Just please stop it. I used to have a lot of fun with the flower crown and all of that and the dog Who ears. Didn't? Who didn't? People would yeah. have their profile fit photos be with the flower crown. I'm like, that's that's not you. <laughs> I just don't want to live in a world where we are in a default of hating our face the way it looks. Like, no. you know, makeup and whatever people do to their faces, fillers and all that, I, like whatever. But then to go forth and then <laughs> on top of it all, use a filter that changes the composition of your actual face. 
I don't want to brainwash myself into hating myself. Like I try so hard every day to love myself. I don't yes. want to inadvertently start hating my face. No. It's hard enough out that. here. I'm dragging yeah. that all the way to the cup. Every filter that changes people's faces to make them more quote unquote beautiful. Mm-hmm. I am dragging to the curb, like dragging it across the concrete. Yeah. I'm dragging it. While I'm dragging it, I have a foot in that bag that I'm dragging because I don't like the filters, but I used to be really guilty of some face tuning. And I yeah, never I changed. I've never once never even downloaded that. Don't do it now. Because I, I, first of all, you, I'm only going to take, like most people be taking like a thousand selfies. I'd be like, I'm going to take like four. And if I hate them, then okay. Then it's over. Today the shoot is not is the day over. for I'm selfies. Canceling the shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's today is the just same not thing. the day for selfies. Yeah, I'm not gonna then take said picture to an app and start uh-huh. poking and prodding. No, I'm not about to do that. Right, I am. I might swipe over kinda... to the to the Paris filter on the Insta stories once, right? Because that just gets rid of my pores, but it's still my face. But you know what? I don't ever use it anymore because I'm like, one, you can always tell. The only time I do, I say I never use it, then I'm going to go into this spiel about how I do use it sometimes. If there's like a pimple or like something that doesn't need to be there, that's like whatever, I can just get rid of it. And you think I'm you think I'm going to put a pimpled picture up there if I don't have to? No, absolutely not. I am. And I because we wish get I were more like you. We do. We do, Adam. Like, let's be real with ourselves and with the people. Listen, I'm not in therapy yet, so I don't need to get that that real yet. Let's start there. Okay. (laughs) Well, I must say, my friend, this was eye-opening. Honestly, I love that we had such a necessary conversation and that you honestly revealed yourself a bit. We have been waiting. Yeah. For you to show us you, Adam. My feathers, to show you my feathers. Well, I see you know what? your feathers. They're beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. And tragic. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really want, I really appreciate you hearing me out. Yes. Doing this podcast with you. I feel like safe to have a conversation Aww. like this. And I love everybody who's been listening along. So yeah, I feel like I'm not, I can't be the only person who's like, yeah, therapy is amazing. But then like when you're by yourself, you're like, I'm not doing it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pretend. <laughs> and in the beginning of the episode, I was telling Danielle, I was like, yeah, was I trying to think of a really good, like kind of how am I going to lie in this episode? I was. He tried to lie to our faces, y'all, but I'm not going to let that happen around here. No, and it's never going to happen. I am, I'm apologizing, but I'm also not sorry because I didn't do anything wrong yet. <laughs> oh we gonna get him in therapy <laughs> yeah we Someone are gonna take me. all the active steps we need mm-hmm. to prioritize adam's mental health and him taking him taking care of himself the same way mentally that he takes care of himself physically that's what we reach him for okay let's do it i'm ready to I go love, i'm ready I to love do that. it you, you send that email okay yeah it's open and it's one open. of the I'm things that's it. <laughs> open, like your mind and heart. I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I want to normalize about this episode of normalizing therapy is that therapy is not a one trick pony. It's not a one note thing. It comes in so many different ways, so many different avenues. 
from those random conversations with this sage Uber driver to, you know, those amazing podcasts and YouTube clips that feature people telling you like how to get over yourself in so many different ways. So just normalize getting therapy wherever you can and mm-hmm. and starting somewhere. Yeah, start somewhere. And even if it's with a conversation with a friend who's like in therapy or is more experienced in it, like I'm being dead serious. It's really, it's, I'm actually have an email open. That's not a joke or a lie. Cause I, I've promised I will not lie again. <laughs> Ever, actually, <laughs> actually ever. I'll never lie again. I love that, Adam. We got mm-hmm. the truth out of you today. <laughs> For once, yes. For once. And with that, ladies and gents, gents and ladies and everything in between, That's our time for today. I'm so grateful that y'all are listening to Normalize This. Please make sure to continue to listen (laughs) and rate, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and reach out to us on the social media. Slide in them DMs and tell us what you would like to see normalized. We appreciate these ever-growing topics and the things that make us squirm. So thank you for that. And make sure that you are following us too on these platforms on ig i'm at the danielle young and on twitter i'm at repso danny adam where can the people at you at you can at me on twitter at adam ripon and on instagram i'm at Adam rip and just like danielle said we love all of the dms that have been coming in yes keep sliding yes keep sliding some of them are already topics of some of the episodes you they're incredible we utilize them and adam honestly i'm a cliffhang them just a little bit because your girl got a romantic dm slide and (laughs) what it's actually okay no i don't actually want to hear about this until probably as soon as we stop recording actually (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not waiting you'll have to wait as you all have to wait and subscribe yes but i'm not gonna wait but adam is gonna know immediately Yeah, so, you know, keep, keep letting us know. <laughs> keep sliding, because so far it's going really well. It's and out. you know what? That's it for now. Until then, we'll see you next time I normalize this. And also, just email your therapist. Honestly, I'm going to do that next. And I'm going to be standing outside of Adam's therapist appointment, just making sure that everything is going mm-hmm. truthfully. Yeah. And I, like I said, <laughs> never a lie again. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. In therapy. Hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. Make sure you're following at Make Spring Hill on all platforms for weekly show updates.